Welcome to No Plans to Merge, the podcast where two developers talk about development. Late in the evening. That's right. Today it is. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I am your other host, Daniel Colborn. What's up, Caleb? What is up, Decole? Oh, not too much. For the people listening at home, they will not know that you have a new hat and new glasses. True. They will not know. Uh, You're like a whole new Caleb Porzio. It is. It's uh, about the same because I always have a hat that looks almost the exact same. And mm-hmm. I always have glasses that look almost the exact same. But the glasses got bigger. The hat got a little taller and a little more muted. Um, mm-hmm. It's very nice. But I was just telling my friend D. Cole here that I got these glasses from Zenny Optical for $7 mm-hmm. or six ninety five plus shipping. It's $4 shipping. Prescription glasses. You put in your prescription you order them, they come in in like a week, and I I got them at the same time as like the the like uh, optometrist like fancy hundred and fifty dollar frames where they fit them to your face and everything. And Hannah and I both like these better, and they feel better. The ten dollar ones. The ten dollar ones. It's crazy. This is internet. The only thing I can really see being better, maybe, is like maybe the materials. Of the optometrist ones will be more durable, no doubt. And like, I mean, you can just feel them, like. But I kind of like. I have this watch, actually, Max. But will they be ten times more durable? What do you mean? I mean, maybe. Oh right, will they be fifteen times more durable? Would it be better to buy fifteen pairs of these cheap ones? If if there was a coefficient, it would be like point eight, like. And Mm. yeah, I'm sure. How many quarters do you have to flip to figure that out? In succession, um, yeah, in in series, yeah, at least fifteen. Um, yeah, I know, but yeah, so that's a huge success. It's it's the difference, the difference between like being a millionaire and being like average income level is a hundred air, a <laughs> hundred air is buying glasses from Zenny Optical, mm-hmm. metaphorically. Yeah, like. I have the sweet watch I got on Amazon. It's like the Casio bestseller. It's $10 mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the list goes on and on and on and on. You get your, if you're, it's like if you're, if you're, you have an iPhone X on Verizon or like an Android that was half off on Google Fi. Like this mm-hmm. is how millions are made. Factual. Factual. Oh. Also by exploiting the labor of the working class, but that's another <laughs> it's another topic for another time. Yeah, I I choose to stay Yeah. That's a whole other level and I don't I don't know enough to be knowledgeable. So you can just take your you ideals about, somewhere hmm. else now, you hear? Heard. Have have I told you about the the working people, the <laughs> respectable working people? Uh who dig up my street now no all right so i've transitioned from one state of being into another state of being i was once in a state of being where i lived on a street that was not constantly being dug up (laughs) uh (laughs) that has ended um gotcha so my street is constantly being dug up i i now i've never in my entire life gotten phone notifications from the city okay like i do now holy cow i get phone notifications from the city wow got one just today i don't think my city is capable of sending phone notifications no you probably just don't have the type of work going on on your street (laughs) 
that is required. Also, I don't know that the city had my phone number when I was a renter, but now that I am an owner, You're on they didn't have the my map. number. I'm on the books. Um, so they call me today, and there's two roads near me. Where, oh, I can't, I can't say the names of the roads because they don't know where I live. But um, there's roads that are like left something and right something, mm-hmm. um, and they're roads that fork. Mm-hmm. And the city calls me to tell me that they are going to be blasting on those roads tomorrow. <laughs> like, presumably, so to with put dynamite. your window bars up. I don't know, but it's like, like, what if I had to record a podcast or like, true, you know, or pair for eight straight hours? Um, those are the things that you worry about. But yeah, so they've dug up my street, supposedly according to Junebug. Have I told you, we've talked about Junebug, right? I don't know. The neighbor. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Acor- according to Junebug, they're <laughs> going to be here for 15 weeks. Oh, wow. Digging on this street. Um, I've lost internet like seven times in the last week. Um, I don't know whether it's because of them or because of other things, but they definitely did accidentally break did a sewage your line. Bill? Yes. Okay. They definitely did Just accidentally doing a sanity break check. Yeah, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) They've definitely broken a sewage line while they had a fresh water line open. And so then the water got contaminated with sewage. Then we had a boil water advisory that I got a phone call about. And then I lost internet. And it just seems like it's getting worse, not better. Whatever work they're doing. The the work they're doing is to raise the manholes four inches. Because... Over time, the manholes have sunk a little bit below the street. So now they're like in a divot, but it's not like a bad divot to drive over, Hmm. you know? What about uh, a biker? That would be bad, but it's a very wide suburban street. You could go around the manhole very easily. Okay. (laughs) Um, That's uh, that's bikest of you, though. I suppose it is. Cyclist is, I believe, the word. Cyclistist. (laughs) Um... But anyway, it's it seems to me that they're taking what is an almost non-issue and have turned it into almost every imaginable type of issue. Yeah, I wonder what what the workflow for like the, you know like municipal project management like because I'm sure there it's not like hey what do you want to work on today? There's some queue and it's ordained by like mm-hmm. some voting board or something. Somebody who mm-hmm. works for the government is listening to this and laughing. But yeah, but right. So like things that might not actually be like of most pressing priority are probably in a queue and are just mm-hmm. like queued up and they just have to get. Yeah, done. whenever we get a spare fifteen weeks, we'll go blow. Yeah, up right. The exactly. Because otherwise, because there is no way the system can't tell the difference between a meaningless four inch manhole problem and <laughs> a like giant crater in grandma's driveway. Title. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah anyway i just reached my hand in the bugles bag only to no realize i can't chew bugles into the microphone on the podcast that's upsetting that is bummer so decoy what's up man so here's the deal tell me the two things so i don't know hmm there's so many things first thing you want to complain about laravel Sure. So I, I hope Taylor's cool with me asking or saying this, but 
asking. He hit me up, and I'm and I'm Taylor name dropping, uh-huh. right? Like, uh-huh. hopefully, my buddy Taylor's okay with me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't listen to this podcast. I don't think. Um, he he's he? like he's I don't know. He's just like, yo, I'm looking to like clean up some cruft in Laravel. You got anything? Like, what's you know yeah. what's bad in Laravel? And I'm like, mm-hmm. um. Uh, so I, I came up with a couple things off the top of my head. I'm curious to know if you have anything that comes off the top of your head as like crufty and Laravel. Interesting. Um, I can get the ball rolling if you need. Get the ball rolling. So I think what I said, oh, first, when you create a new Laravel app, it's welcome.blade.php. That's the mm-hmm. default view. Um, and then when you artisan make auth, it's layouts slash app dot blade dot php mm-hmm. or it's welcome or whatever something that extends layouts dot app right mm-hmm. and i'd think the layouts dot app is a great convention and most people have artisan maked auth did their laravel app so they have that scaffolding but the people who haven't done that or are just like trying something out in a pet project have welcome dot blade so in tutorials like Inertia JS relies on the layout app convention and Livewire mm-hmm. used to rely on it, or actually does rely on it for some part of it. And the tutorials are just more annoying to write, to have mm-hmm. to write like, so like it relies on a layouts app, which happens if you artisan make auth, but if not, you have to create a layer of a folder that, anyway, it's inconsistent. And I've been helping a couple people uh, learn Laravel and mm-hmm. they've hit this confusion. I don't have the exact um example but this is this is a bit of confusion they've hit themselves so anyway i think they should i think that the default thing should extend layouts.app what do you think should it be welcome.blade where it's just one single beautiful file or should it Mm -hmm. be the that layouts.app that is convention for pretty much every app that you know becomes an app (laughs) you know so are you saying welcome.blade.php but include a layout yeah yeah i think that's better um, so you'd still the, have welcome.blade, but then you have a folder layouts.app, you know, layouts slash app.blade.php. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And welcome would extend yeah, to that layout. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's better. Um, what about, what is the, what does the route file look like when you create a new Laravel app again? Is it, is it, is there a route called home? Oh, when you artisan make auth, there is. That's weird. That is weird. I don't like that. And home controller, right? Yeah, I agree. That's bad. I do not like that. Because it's home, home controller, and welcome, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Well, you, no, I don't know. Welcome might be the... Because there's still a root directory or a root route for... Uh, yeah, right? I think there's it still stays welcome, though. Yeah, but that that's the root one is welcome. The home one is different. There probably mm. is a home.blade. I can't... I think there is a home.blade for the home endpoint. The home endpoint is the is the dashboard home when you authenticate gotcha mm-hmm. yeah welcome is the blank laravel welcome and then when you're logged in it, it'll have like uh you know sign up or login whatever at the top right yeah yeah i don't like home and home controller i don't really this is not either. about laravel i don't like dashboard controller ever in any app really i don't like that controller okay i like What's dashboard more than home no, 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 but I just, I think it's a bad pattern. I think it's a smell. All right. What's better? Why do you have a dashboard controller? What should it be? Unless you have an the app that The name of the that, route that, like, it is, like... 
yeah like unless you have an app that is about making dashboards <laughs> right like unless you're like a dashboard creating app yeah that like is like oh what we do is we create a bunch of different like a salesforce tool that lets you create yeah. multiple dashboards to view your data right then you can have a dashboard controller that has like a dashboard controller dot show and a dashboard yeah, that's controller funny. dot index there i think there's this is one of those um meaningless default modes of thinking as developers that we have like i'm trying to think of the other one oh like when you create a create and edit form like developers create and edit forms are like the same form so there's that question that every developer comes across i should be drying up my code i have two files that are pretty much the same exact thing so they combine them and you have some conditionals for right to like mm-hmm. say save or add or write. But so this was one. Uh, who's the the base camp guy? Um, not DTH, not Jason Freed, but the guy, the other the guy, the third one, the other third one, the design guy, the product mm-hmm. like strategy uh, guy. Jason, no, not shoot, Jason Freed. He's brilliant. Yeah, we know him. Ah, shoot, whatever that guy. Don't worry about it. Smart guy, Ryan. Ryan, 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 Ryan. <laughs> um, Holiday? No, Ryan. No. Who's Ryan Holiday? He's uh, that like productivity long. He he wrote that book on like <laughs> he, he did uh, the stoicism guy who oh, who talked right. at Laracon about is. like really old companies. I think about him from time to time singer ryan singer yeah so ryan singer one of his things is like developers create these super cruddy create read update delete uh interactions in their apps these forms um like create and edit forms are almost always the same but if you were looking from a ui perspective like forget about you knowing the database schema and now design this app based on the needs of the user it wouldn't look like that like the edit would be very different it wouldn't just be a bunch of those fields it might be an interaction in line as a user needs it somewhere in an app you know what i'm saying or create might not just be a form of fields that map to database fields yes Um, i feel like that's the same this is kind of a roundabout way of explaining that dashboard controller to me is the same sort of default way of just being a developer knowing apps knowing database so the first this is the dashboard Right. But in reality, like who builds dashboards as the main page for the admin? Like when is that most useful? It's just not, you know, it's not. And we're not not talking admin dashboards. We're talking about like the base of your application is called Mm -hmm. dashboard. Yeah. And it's almost like I think a lot of this came from the uh, the CMSs that allowed you to like use blocks. Yeah. Like Drupal and Joomla. Right, like the WordPress they very much encouraged is yeah, like they has very widgets. much encouraged yeah. you to have like a main page that was a bunch of blocks. And we're gonna show you the first four posts and yep. then like a show more and then like the first three comments and then a show more. Right. And you're gonna get a thousand or a ten thousand yard eagle's view of the perspective of what's going on in this app this workspace that i use you know right but nobody wants nobody wants it nobody cares about it they go straight to the posts page and create their posts because that's what they're there to do even Basecamp 
not trying to say, but even Basecamp has dashboards for projects. All right, where no. it's like, here's some files, here's some posts, here's some. I'd have to think about Basecamp's dashboard to speak to it's this. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, but right, like that—that's that sort of drone developer mentality that that you just slip into because. And now I'll make a dashboard. Yeah, right. And now I'll make a dashboard. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's you're not engaging. You're not starting from a from that. You're not following the need. Like nature abhors a vacuum. Like mm-hmm. good apps, like work the same way. That if you're following like a need, very specifically, and stay in that problem space, then you will you know implement like interesting, atomic, unique, original things, and not dashboard controllers with you know. CRUD pages for every entity table name. The cool thing about doing it atomically is that you can like later make a page where like you take all of those atoms and then you show like four of one type of that those atoms and then you show three (laughs) of the other kind and then you have a show more. You know, that's funny. Are you are you making fun of atomic design and are you not a fan of atomic design, (laughs) Caleb? The first, the first like SEO that I ever got on the internet was brad frost had done his conference talk about atomic design yeah introducing the concept of atomic design <laughs> and there was no blog post yet and people were tweeting wait what is oh, atomic design <laughs> i scooped him bro i scooped brad frost i went around the internet and i accumulated screenshots of the slides from people's tweets oh, man and I wrote up, Brad Frost just gave this talk. Everyone thinks it's great. Here's a topic design. Got mad SEO. Made it onto the responsive web design newsletter. Wow. Um, which went out to like 50,000 people or whatever. And so I got like mad, mad engagement. And I was like, oh my God, I got engagement. <laughs> and then Brad was like very gracious about it. I was like, hey, great write up. And then he ended up like creating a whole microsite that was like super intense docs and like this whole mm-hmm. crazy like atomic design thing that just blew my thing out of the water, obviously. And I don't think it was just, I don't think I was just trying to get engagement because at that point I didn't even get engagement at all. Mm-hmm. And so it to me, it was like I wanted Brad Frost to notice that I had written about him, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I can see from Brad's perspective now that it must have been kind of annoying that like he gave this talk at a conference and then some kid like wrote it up as a blog right. post. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, mea culpa. <laughs> That's good stuff. So I like atomic design is what I'm gotcha. saying. Gotcha. <laughs> to catch the reader up, atomic design, Brad Frost... Very smart, old hand in the Webernet industry. One of the coolest developers ever. Super cool. Yes, agreed. Up there in my mind with Chris Coyer as just the most chill, cool dudes running the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris Coyer of CSS Tricks for the Mm -hmm. listener who does not know. The Shop Talk Show. Shop Talk Show. Yeah, that's a good one. The original syntax.fm. Right. Um. So Chris Coyer, right, Brad Frost, Atomic Design, the concept is that, um, I mean, it's what it sounds like, sort of. So you have, like, atoms, which would be, like, let's say, like, uh, a heading style 
or something. Mm-hmm. And then you have molecules that are like atoms put together. So you'd have... So it's it's easier with like an input style. Okay. It, instead of a heading Walk style. us through. So like an atom could be like an input style or like a button style. Yeah. Right? And then you could have a molecule that is like, say you've got like one of those input with a button on the right side right. of it. Yep. Groups. Yep. You know? And it has like a little label over it. Yep. So you've got a label style, an input style, and a button style. And you combine those into a molecule that is like a labeled element with a button attached to the right side of it. Um, and then it goes atoms, molecules. Ah, uh, maybe. It goes up from there. Like, get you, you get the idea, right? Yeah. Like, it gets bigger. Like, the organism's <laughs> like a card with like an yeah. image and like the title and the button mm-hmm. and the copy. And then it gets to pages. And then page, yeah, and the templates or templates and templates, pages. like headers and footers. And then pages, mm-hmm. that's the combination yeah. of them. And it was a really good system of thinking about your code, right? And like reusability and styles was particularly like right. tied in with that. Um, not not having to figure out not having to write the margin on your labels every time you made a label right yeah i mean the um, promises and like bam totally and everything there. were very tied into that and still are it's still yeah. he's still repping atomic design and it's still perfectly valid great way to build a design system i've mm-hmm. never done it myself i would love to yeah hmm atomic design Brad Frost. Oh, I had a, a random tangent for you. Oh, like a feeling. Like something that would belong in a feelings podcast. More than a feeling. Hmm. Well, I can't recall it at the moment being. But anyway, Atomic Design, how did we get there? Uh, you were saying you build it in a more atomic way. And then I was making a joke about dashboards being a great nice. place to collect your atoms. Um, let's just launch into accessibility. Uh, I wrote mm-hmm. a blog post on accessibility. I saw. Did you see it? Did you read I it? I saw. Yeah. You read it. Caleb, I, I see everything you do. Interesting. I feel like it hasn't always been that way. I'm flattered. Yeah, well, but I haven't always been. But on I, I just assume like no one sees things because it's better to assume that than than the inverse anyway uh did i not like it is this is it are you trying to tell me i didn't like it i have no idea i wrote it and then uh, i went to the adirondack this, and i totally this turned sounds off. like one of those things where you're like oh daniel i didn't know that you oh, wrote that <laughs> blog post because you didn't retweet or like the tweet no <laughs> that uh that is not the case that's funny okay well i did like it i i did enjoy it i don't know if i liked right it. yeah <laughs> It wasn't that good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Accessibility. Yeah. We've talked about it a little bit on the show being a non-problem or like a problem that's like, you're just trying to convince me that it's a problem, but I don't feel it. So I'm not going to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the default state for developers is like, it's just yeah. one of to those. To clarify, like that, 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 that's like the actual feeling of many developers. Not that like we're not my position. <laughs> yeah (laughs) yeah right but but that's i i'm I'm just being frank that like that's how i think that's it's natural it's just like natural one of the one of the things i said last time we talked about it was like you 
I already feel like I've got more to do than I can get done. And so to ask me to do things on right. top of that that don't that even I, that I'm not even going to notice and don't provide me with a like very uh mm-hmm. comprehensible rule set that I can easily mm-hmm. you know put in action just a nebulous like god to worship. Yeah, I think that's why people skip over it so much though. Yeah. It's like they're just so busy anyway right. that they're going to do the things that they can tell are improvements, not the things that other people right. tell them are improvements. Not that that's good. These are the so kinds of things post. that are like the the wild, wild west nature of the web right now, you know? Like, there's no certification. Totally. Like, you get hired at a place, you just got to pass the interview. You get hired, you start making websites. And well, it's like what we were saying about being an engineer last week. Right. Right? It's like... There's no standards or certification that I have to meet for a website to be on the and internet. There's no county inspector use. making sure that you're wheelchair exactly. ramp is the right grade right that's crazy because that totally no laws is, is the real problem I, I was at a museum in the adirondacks this weekend the like adirondack experience and mm-hmm. they're totally everything's accessible like everything's wheelchair mm-hmm. accessible there's braille there's like audio headset stuff for everything there's like language thing. everything is completely accessible and i'm just sort of walking around and looking at that and was thinking, it a public like, museum yeah no private I mean, they, you have to pay money, so I don't know, whatever that means. Some public museums, you have to pay money. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm guessing anyway, private, but I don't know. It's a Public buildings museum. are usually very accessible. Yeah, right. Um, and and it's, you know, it's not that, like, the guy who built it is, like, a huge accessibility nerd. <laughs> like, it's... Right. Uh, this is the way things are done in the mature world. But right. we're just building things, and we're under a lot of pressure and there's enough to as know with already all, as with all things on the internet i think it's going to eventually have to be the eu that passes a law that makes all developers learn how to do this <laughs> because that's what always happens right it's like it'll be like gdpr for accessibility i was thinking and the same then thing then everyone will everyone will be like oh i guess we can't just slap stuff up on the internet right. anymore like i, I guess i guess you gotta but i'm sure they'll find a way to like create an unaccessible modal where you check the box to <laughs> say that you waive your right to accessibility. <laughs> That's funny. That'd be great. And the, like you can't <laughs> accept it because it's not have accessible. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? So one of the things with like the GDPR reinterpretation stuff is like now they have to, even though the the modals look like you must accept that we will track you or you can't use this website. Mm-hmm. Now, you if you click in, usually three levels deep, there's a place where you can toggle on specific types of tracking that you'll allow and disallow. Interesting. And you can always toggle them all off, hmm. which I've been doing wantonly around the internet. Really? Yeah. So I've just been telling lots of people not to track Interesting. me recently. I let everyone track me who wants to track me. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. yeah so it'll save you 90 bucks on a pair of glasses why not you know exactly i made it this far yeah (laughs) anyway accessibility accessibility so the the post was titled eight tips something something accessibility and i don't know were there any in there that struck you or things that that you went oh yeah i do that or oh yeah like that's a common thing i need to pull it up because i don't remember the list all right 
Um, why don't you start with your favorites? Okay, yeah. So the one, the one that I liked, I liked the title tag one. It's so simple, but oh, go ahead. Sorry, no. finish the title tag, and then I've got one. Do it. Screw the, no, title, tag. the title tag. Okay, removing focus outlines. Ah, uh, yeah. That is one that I just constantly do. Cool, nice. I'm 1, I'm happy to hear percent it. Of the time, me too. Catching up the listener, if you like just vanilla CSS HTML, you make an input element and then you load it in a browser and you click on it, there's this ugly purple highlight. It's different in every browser. And it's this ugly, like glowing purple gross thing. And when you make your input elements really nice and pretty, it's really ugly. So naturally, you just Google how to get rid of focus outline (laughs) and -hmm. you get that like outline colon none or something. Yep. And you add it to every input element and select right. field and button and everything. And and then you're done with it. But apparently, um, people with vision impairments rely on those quite a lot. Yeah. When they're like tabbing through your your application and they have no clue where the focus state is. Yeah. So I, I started tabbing through Twitter and like a lot of companies, people who like have design budgets and stuff, people who work on actually or like, accessibility specialists right yeah or, more appropriately yeah. and and if you tap through twitter you don't get that gross purple highlight you get like a custom nice subtle highlight mm-hmm. so you know the mm-hmm. focus state but it's not gross yep. yeah yeah that's a good one uh tell me about the title tags oh i mean super simple i think this is one that that like is probably very often overlooked by the average just full stack medium level developer like myself you know like you're you write the app you don't you're not like you're returning controllers for different pages you're not like passing in an extra parameter of the page title for every controller like the the like users management page the you know whatever all those pages it's just whatever the default title tag is like your app name but for screen readers that like people who can't see and rely on the title tag to know what they're on when they're switching through tabs um and not not to mention just like generally like looking at tabs and like bookmarks and stuff like that yeah but I think history. part of the reason people don't put a lot of information in there too is like those tabs get really small and so like me the user like i'm not going to see a long message in there yeah yeah so people just try and like stick something in there you know gotcha but like maybe if you put a full sentence in there even though everyone's not going to be able to see it the people who do need it are gonna right yeah that's the deal right find it useful yeah yeah and there there was a note in the uh w w3 something i don't know the the accessibility committee whatever um there was a note in there about um wac web accessibility committee uh about how to write like good title tags and Mm -hmm. they suggest front loading so instead of like company pipe and then the the about us page it's you should do about Mm -hmm. us pipe company because it reads more custom for you know somebody like who has to listen through like right and imagine if you had to like as you were tabbing through things wait for the entire recording every time to get to the end before you could tab onto the next thing confidently yep whereas this like allows you to tab faster probably yeah so that that was just a little one that I was like, oh yeah, title tags, and I, I usually yeah. get get it straight. But you know, it's one of those things that that there's no right, like there's no obvious Laravel convention for it. 
you think, oh, do I have to pass like a custom thing for every in every controller when I return a view? Do I have to do with t- with page title and then write out hand write out the page title? Right? Like I would say, right, eighty percent of Laravel developers don't do that. I'm yep. gonna I'm gonna say that. Mm-hmm. That statistic right there. It's real. Right there. Um, using div instead of semantic elements. Yeah. Is that's that's one I learned a long time ago. Right. But um my every nav I made until two thousand and twelve or two thousand and thirteen was a UL <laughs> full of LIs. Yeah. Full of A's. Yeah, totally. Um that's not actually the recommended way to do that you can there's a nav element that you can use and screen readers like care about those right and you can you can make a primary and secondary nav um so yeah that and header elements that's like huge footer elements article Mm -hmm. aside yep all of that stuff is huge that's yeah there needs to be i've thought about writing this post before like uh and a super just bare bones like before and after run through of html5 tags like you know like i i found that data dialogue thing that dialogue tag dialogue summary i've never seen that before field set i never use field set or the select one like where you can what is it it's like something with i'm trying to think something with select drop downs there's like a fancy html5 tag that helps you with stuff that i can't think of right now Hmm, i don't know about that yeah anyway but um but yeah that stuff's huge someone should do a conference talk uh that is just them navigating a website that is like properly uh like properly semantically marked up and has all of the aria roles and is like a good accessible website with a screen reader and then that's like the first five minutes of the talk. And then the next 55 minutes of the talk is them trying to navigate one where everything's a div and nothing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing has names. Yeah. That, and then just for 55 minutes, they try and do the task that they just did. That would be brilliant. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> I'm not doing names well today. Uh, it's late. Cullen something. He invented something. I don't know. He's a young all-star developer who's sort of well-known. If you saw his face, you'd go, oh, yeah, I know that face. Sure. Maybe Gulp. Maybe he did Gulp or Grunt or something. I don't know. Whatever. He okay. did a talk at ViewConf last year, and mm-hmm. he did just that. He actually went to um, a guy with a vision impairment's house. I think he was blind, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, he's like, how do you surf the web? I want to watch you. Oh, you told me about this. Yeah, yeah I think we did. The, I did the live. We did the live view conf episode. Uh, if anybody cares, the twenty percent time feed has it. And he walked through. He had him like navigate a page, and he's like, "So here's what I do." And he, you know, he's wicked fast, and he knows all these shortcuts to like navigate around. Crazy, like it's in. It's hard to follow. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so then he goes through common view components that people use that are just completely not accessible. And there's tons right. of them. And view slider component is one of them. And I swear, like I literally had that in the project that I was working on it at the time. 
because you need a UI thing, and so you Google for the view things, and then you find the one that looks good. Get the slider, and it works. And yeah, you and it. you use it, and it's great, and everything's fine. And and he actually called that specific one out, and I was like, oh, dang. And so I tried mm. it, and it, still, I showed I mean, I did it in the blog post. I did a code pen where I yep. literally imported that exact component in its, like, most most its latest version and you can't tab to it it doesn't accept focus state i ended up hacking it like crazy to give it focus state because it's still easier than using other ones but huh interesting you know material material ui material uh yep yeah from uh, google yeah there are all of these like web components for material ui oh yeah components oh, yeah. why are we not just using that let's just swallow our pride and pull in these web components and have fully accessible, beautiful sliders and everything, everything you could ever want with the UI is standardized and taken care of. I'm also talking to myself because I also don't want to because I think it just looks like Google and I don't like it. Yeah, I don't mind material that much. I like the way it looks. Um, my issue I guess, well, A, I haven't really written a UI in the classic sense in a long time. Like, I've been on React Native for a long oh, time. Oh, gotcha, and, yeah. You know, it's just like I haven't been, like, in UI world for a while. Yeah. Um, but web components are so cool, man. I need to I need to do something with them. Polymer. You know the Polymer project? Yeah, you mentioned it recently, and I went and looked at yeah. looked through it. So, catching the reader up, Polymer has been around for a long time, and it's like always been kind of mentioned in there with like React and Angular and mm-hmm. all that, because um, it's another like front end framework. But it uses web components, and it uses mm-hmm. now it uses native like browser web components. And so cool, yeah, right. So there's all these Polymer components out of the box, like there's. Uh, so somebody replied to my tweet about that slider thing or that blog post. And they're like, well, do you have a better alternative for a slider? Because I'm using view slider component. And I'm like, honestly, dude, just pull in this polymer material UI slider component. It's a web component, so it'll work inside of view or work inside of anything. It takes two mm-hmm. seconds to import. And then you get this slider tag that you can use. And it's great. So it dope. does everything you want to do. So dope. Yeah web components it's a whole thing we yeah accessibility All right, so here's the question what's the question so you're you're some bro out there maintaining a bespoke react or view component yeah that is just like one of those one of those evergreen community official <laughs> components yeah right yeah like view how do you justify not just rewriting that as a web component oh i mean (laughs) should all of these components just be web components that are like shipped now interesting um i guess the one of the arguments against it would be like renderless components like view renderless Mm -hmm. components where you can pass Mm -hmm. in like the dom and stuff there is you there is the concept of slots in native web components so you could make like a renderless web component but that you could pass view into oh i don't know about that that'd be crazy right (laughs) yeah that's mind-bending i don't know yeah i don't know it's a it's a good question i i mean i if i was the bro maintaining the component i would just be like 
oh, well, it's the view ecosystem and I'll keep doing it because people Google for view components and they can import them and they know they have a workflow established and I'm not going to intimidate them with this web component word. Yeah, it'd be so cool. Someone should make a to yeah, someone should make like a like a Nova packages for uh components. Yeah, just for web components. And like like have like a web components, view components and react components. Yeah. But like instead of calling the web components web components, just call them both. <laughs> or something <laughs> That's like really that. good. Everything um, all. It, it, yeah, it would highlight just like the dopeness right. of the whole thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, I mean, there's so much potential there for the fact that you can use them with Vue and React. You would think that there would be more adoption, but, you know, like the communities are made by the people who are bringing things to the table, you know? And nobody mm-hmm. in the Laravel community is suggesting that anybody uses Polymer or web components, you know? Yeah. Well, except there's us now. That's true. You know, that's very true. It's so interesting the way like communities are made by people, not gods. Right. And like if Adam decides that he wants to start using web components and he's all about it, it will trickle down Mm -hmm. and everyone will end up using web components. Speaking of uh, things... Uh, so I'm start. I started a new project today. First day on a new project, new client, Congratulations. new everything. They do, they do the classic move. On the the kickoff call, one of their developers, a guy named Drew, says, "Oh, and I've listened to Daniel's pr- podcast, <laughs> so I'm sure you'll have this done in a couple of days. <laughs> Maybe laugh, um, but uh." And he uses VS Code, and he uses Tables Plus, and he does everything the way that we like it done. And like, he he knew that I used VS Code when we because we got onto pair, mm-hmm. and like he knew that I used VS Code. And like, it's really convenient to work with someone who listens to your podcast because they already know what you think. I know. It's like I feel like I should. Here's my <laughs> new rules. <laughs> you ever watch Bill Maher? No. <laughs> he has this terrible segment called New Rules. It's very dumb. Um, oh, Bill Maher. Rules. I was thinking Bill Burr. Yeah, Bill no, Maher. I, I catch clips of him every so often. He's hard to I stomach. I can't stand I, him. Yeah, I hate that he guy. cannot stand him. But sometimes um, I watch it for, you know, sport. It's difficult. Yeah, for sport. But New Rule. Every every client should listen to the podcast. So that when I <laughs> go on to pair with them, they already know complete. what I think. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's great. It was so cool and easy I, to just be like, oh, we first of all, weird. Second of all, like weird that you listen to my podcast. But second of all, like how convenient is this? You know, that like I don't have to explain or justify why I think I know. things should be a certain way because, you know. You know why I think this. I had a similar experience on a client call. Um, yes, client for money. I have Whoa. I have now generated. Oh, yeah, we haven't talked about that in public. dollars <laughs> in real real dollars for the first time in like six months. You're um, doing like advising, right? Yeah, like mentoring, coaching, advising, code auditing. If anybody's listening to this and going, "Ooh, I would love for him to audit my code or to mentor me." You call me mm-hmm. up right now, you hear? And we'll talk. 
me and you. Give Caleb Forzio your dollars. That's right. Please do. Um, so I'm having a call with this guy, and he's a listener of the show. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, I don't have any specific example, but there was lots of examples like that. And at one point, I'm, I'm like, you already know what I think. I'm like... <laughs> Like yeah. he already knows. He's like, well, I, I, he's like, I know how you think. I like how you think. He's like, he's like talking about the way I think, and I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, this is crazy. Like the sales yeah. pitch is over because he already knows. I it's all out there, you know. Like yeah, exactly. He knows what I know. He knows uh-huh. how I approach a problem, at least you know verbally. And he wants you, you to do that. And he wants me to do that. And with you're him, you're so you know? used to having to fight for the right to do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly you're just like oh you tell me not only can i just do it like that's why i'm here right yeah just to like help you do it yep (laughs) that's hilarious yeah so that's fun it's it's cool having a podcast that people listen to it's cool yeah super cool it's uh we should build once once i build something with livewire i should then build something with polymer and then also on my back burner is flutter so i'm like stacked with things i need to try flutter What's Flutter? Flutter is uh, Google's React Native, basically. Huh. Flutter like um, uh, like a hummingbird fluttering, Flutter. Yeah. Okay. It it is a uh, it actually compiles to native code. Native. Um, okay, gotcha. Unlike. Uh, so there's like a spectrum of how native your code gets yeah. from these agnostic frameworks, yeah. right? So there's like the Ionics web view on the one spectrum. hand. Well, the, no, Ionic isn't even web view. So there's like web view stuff like way over here, okay. like phone gap. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then there's like Ionic, which is like Cordova based, but ha- isn't straight web views. Yeah. But is like their own UI painting system. Yeah. Um, and then there's React Native which has some native component access um, and uses some official APIs and does a lot of things like the way. Yeah. But as far as I understand, doesn't like compile down to like native view code uh, in the way that we would expect. Okay. Um, and then there's now Flutter is the new stuff. Um, it's from Google. It compiles to native view code on both iOS and Android. View code like meaning native... To- native- mobile like system yeah, code. Exactly. yeah sorry when i say view i mean like v-i-e-w yeah. like yeah. like as if you were writing views in yeah whatever uh swift or objective c yeah. like you you get the code yeah anyway it's written in dart oh which is google's super programming language thing google google's javascript killer that never killed javascript <laughs> but they're giving it another shot outside of the browser interesting um and uh it seems really cool hmm. and it's got some ui library stuff. cool like it's got like a standard library and so yeah it looks like a really cool framework nice so gotta try that yeah gotta try polymer really cannot for the life of me i've been racking my brains trying to come up with something that i would like to put on the internet for people to use that i could build with livewire that wouldn't take a million years <laughs> and I cannot think of a thing. I was at a lake this weekend. Okay. I was riding a jet ski uh-huh. in a lake, racking my brain, thinking, 
what do the people want me to build with Livewire for them to use? <laughs> and I was like, I don't think there's anything that the people want from me right now. And so I'm like, it's got to be something small. It's got to be bite-sized. Yeah. It's like, you know the Matt's Burger Emergency website? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be that big or right. maybe a little bit bigger, but no bigger than that. Yeah. Um, and I can't come up with the, the thing. What do you think? Let's come up with something for me to build with Livewire. Hmm. Um, Just a real quick little something for me to build. Like a one-page... One or I'll give it up to three pages. Up to three pages. No more than three. <laughs> um. All right. So we want to fill an immediate need, like the burger emergency, like oh, like the GDPR thing. Catch up the user. Adam shared this thing today. Somebody did like it's like a troll GDPR troll. I don't know the actual name of it. Um. Okay. But like it a lot, it's like it knows because according to GDPR, you can request all your data from anybody who has it, mm. you know? So like as somebody who worked on a project that had to comply with GDPR at any time, somebody could request their data from us or request that their data is deleted from all of our mm. stuff, I believe. And we would have to, you know, uh, provide them with it in like a nice clean package. So it's a way of like, if you input like, person you want to like waste four hours of their time like company you want to like waste four hours of their mm-hmm. time and and this little list and it generates this letter that's like a legal letter with legal pros that you just send to them wow. and you just like they legally have to within 60 days like pay attention to you you know um that's amazing that's a cool one pager um i don't know I don't have anything off the top of my head. This is like, what would Jake Bathman build right now? Jake Bathman's so good at building right one-off tools. Yeah, I don't know. I I got a project I want to build in Livewire. Like, I need to build something in Livewire. <laughs> yeah, that's I have true. This, <laughs> you're, you're like the guy. You're the Livewire guy. I have uh, a a project on my local machine called Livewire App. And it's where I build all mm-hmm. these like one-off pages that are just like UI yep. components. Proof of concepts. Right. Um, one time I, I did earlier on, I refactored a production client app to Livewire just to have something to dog food myself on. Um, mm-hmm. And and that was helpful. To dog your own food. To with. dog my food. And I should probably do that again. Um, but I, I have an app to build. Um now might be the time. Oh no, Caleb has gone into another room. It's so hot in here. Oh, he, wait, he's back. What does he? What do you have? Oh, I have nothing. It's just so hot in here. I went to look at the thermostat. Oh. Okay. I thought you said now may be the time, and then walked out of the room. Well, I said like now may be the time. You leaned over, sword. so you were gone, and I wanted. Oh, I'm burning up, and I'm like, all right. Well, he left. I'm leaving. That's totally not how I read that situation. How I read that situation was like, I have this thing that I want to build with Livewire. Now may be the time. And then you walked out of the room like you were going to come back and show me something amazing. Like a really big sword or something. <laughs> like a diorama. <laughs> yeah, like, like a several shoeboxes long diorama. <laughs> or like, like a... A big poster board with like little spinning charts yes. and things on it. That's what I was expecting. So that is not it the case. Just hot. It's just hot. It's just so hot. hot. 
So, decal. You should build a thermostat in Livewire, something that integrates with your Nest thermostat. Yeah, didn't they, didn't wasn't that one of the Phoenix Live View demos? Was it? I think I think it might have been. Hmm. Yeah. See, everyone gets into the same situation you're in right now when they try and build a live a live Decal. view. Yep. You built you you used Livewire for the first time. I the did. listener doesn't know this, but we sat on a call for two hours and you went through yeah. every word of the docs. Mm-hmm. And you pulled it in. I pulled it in. And How did it go? Uh, I built a couple little examples from the docs. I really liked it. Um my only complaint was the transition event names should not be the same transition event names that are in view. He's referring to in view. View has that like transition system. You can have like view transition or just transition components. Yep. And it'll add those classes to whatever's inside of it that's toggled. Like if you have a VF inside of the transition component, it'll add like enter to, like if you name it fade, it'll be like fade enter active. And then fade mm-hmm. enter. It used to be worse. Now it's easier. There were like three and it was confusing. So I just use those exact. I built the exact same functionality and uh-huh. I use the exact same class. I think it's uh, start naming and convention. entering and leave to or something like that. It's There's definitely enter active. I don't it's, it's in our telegram messages because I said it was bad. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Um, all right. Valid oh, here we complaint. Go, here we go. Just kidding. Um, they're they're called valid. enter. They're called enter, enter active, leave active, and leave to. Yeah, right. So enter active and leave active are at least symmetrical. But enter and leave to are not symmetrical. Yeah. it used There used to be an enter to. Yeah. Anyway, it's weird. So I said they should be called before entering, leaving, after. That's perfect. Which to me is just like right, like beautiful. that. That describes. But you have to break convention with view to right. do it. Yeah. Which is that's the question. That's always the question. But it's so minor. I don't care about it right now. Maybe I don't know. But yeah. But yeah, I really liked using it. Uh, there was many times where it totally messed me up mm. that it was not javascript <laughs> right. right like the fact that i was trying to do these javascripty things like oh what was the thing oh there was a piece of data and i was like how do i pass data into this right yep. and you're like daniel you know how to pass data into this right. i was like what are you talking about no i don't yeah, like, and by this the he docs. means the view like the template for a live wire component he's like how do i get data into it and i'm like yeah, and I, I'm like, dude, just I, I wanted you to like, because I was like, rely. I was like, oh, it's like gonna be a prop, you know? Because like, yeah. to me, it was like, oh, this is a component. A component takes a prop. <laughs> so like, how do I pass props? That because JavaScript navigating components. those waters of people's preconceived notions <sighs> is the most challenging, also entertaining, rewarding, whatever fun problem in Livewire. Is like mm-hmm. I have the great opportunity to leverage existing conventions, like semantic yeah. convention, like syntax or or like principles and patterns of Vue and Laravel. But it's this weird hybrid thing, and people assume so. Like hitting that's that's the value of user testing. Like I've said a zillion times. Like 
I can't mm-hmm. anticipate that stuff. I have to watch people go, oh, wait, this is, you can't do this? Or, oh, I would think you should be able to do this. And yeah, what, th- one of the moments for most people is when they look for wire if, like wire colon if to do a conditional. Mm. And they're like confused. And then they go, oh, you do an at if, like a blade if. Because they're like, yeah. oh, we're in blade. Yeah, weird. That's yeah. that's one of the it, weird It was ones. so weird that it was blade. It was so weird that we were in Laravel. Right. And Daniel thought, like he he thought that Liveware like parsed, had its own parser like backend yeah. parser that had its own syntax and everything. And like, I'm like, dude, they're so blade confused. files. Like they're literally dot blade files and there's nothing yeah. Oh, yeah, else. Cause I was like, how blade. do you know <laughs> if, and he, he was like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I, don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I did not create my own parser. I don't care PHP. about that. That's not my problem. <laughs> right. I was like, Oh weird. Blade template. That makes sense. But of course I did a cool thing. I did one more feature the other day. I wanted to get, tables so liveware is good for anything you use ajax like it's good for other stuff but it's at least good for anything you would normally use ajax thank you for taking my uh my throwing in the at least in there (laughs) yes well no you before you were saying liveware is good for forms and tables which is like the most limiting sentence you could say about like your giant software project that you've been working on for months It's true. It's really like, oh, I only use Ajax for forms and tables, and Livewire is good for anything that you use Ajax for. Right. Yeah. It's it's bigger than that. And I hope my hope is that when it's open sourced and people are like there's lots of people using it, that like people who have a ton of time on their hands will like make crazy adapters and like WebSocket adapters and pusher adapters and push the limits of like server speed and get something closer to phoenix live view and just i mean there's mm-hmm. the there's no telling the possibilities of of the technology or or it'll yeah. just people will just go oh we'd rather you know stick with the javascript trends and we'll just write view and whatever but i will use LiveWire, me and that's enough so as for me in my house as for me in my house <laughs> yes we will live wire um <laughs> yeah forms and tables so i so liveware is good for anything that you use ajax with and i think that's the best it's like i have all these these like catchy one-liners to like understand livewire but they only make sense because i can't fathom not understanding livewire so like telling a new person like so livewire yeah well you would use it anytime you use ajax you should use livewire and they would not be able to connect the dots or understand the significance of that or like LiveWire, you don't need controllers anymore. Like you don't need endpoints anymore. That was so weird to and me. That, and like people don't get it. But uh, so tables, so I did a, a, a pair programming thing a couple weeks ago with someone who just, I who volunteered to let me watch them learn LiveWire and use it. Mm-hmm. And they pull it in and he's like, all right, so basically LiveWire, I'll convert my whole app to LiveWire if it can handle tables and forms. <laughs> he's like, because my whole app is tables and forms. And you're like, boy, do I have a treat for you. Yeah, I'm like, oh. <laughs> but really, like mo- a ton of apps, like I forget this because I'm in like, sometimes I get in, uh, you know, the fairy tale land of like open source and, and like tutorial writer when you're not actually in the dregs of like day-to-day work when most yeah. apps that make money are like, medical apps with tables and forms (laughs) but it's so true just these massive like data piled apps and so i pair with him and he's like all right so like how do i convert this form to live and i'm like i don't know let's just figure it out so i'm like he starts to do it and then we get to pagination 
but so he uses Laravel's paginator. But Laravel's paginator looks at the request. It uses like a tags with links and the query string for the current page and everything, mm. which will break with Livewire because, you know, they're separate like Ajax requests. So mm-hmm. anyway, the long story short is I hacked the crap out of Laravel's paginator. And now I have a with pagination trait for your Livewire components. And you can just use Laravel's paginator and it'll behave the exact same way, but it'll be live wired instant. And it's really that, nice. And I'm so sleek. proud of you. That's like the cool, that's the right way to do it. Right. Cause there's so many other ways you could have done that. Right. You could have made like a wire paginate. You could have right, made, right. you could have done a lot of ways, but the right way to do it is to make, is to let people just use Laravel pagination. Yep. Yeah, so it's totally native. Like you, you'll use pagination just like anything you would normally do. Like you have a query builder and you just arrow paginate, and it's wow. all done. Like in the background, your live wire component has a pagination state, and it'll that's yeah. cool. So that was fun. It's very cool. Very cool. So I have a question for you about live wire. Question me. And you might not know the answer yet because you haven't built anything big with it yet. Yeah. But if you had an app that was big, yeah. And had a lot of live wire in it. Yeah. How do you organize it? Yeah. Um, I mean, right now it's a flat structure. It's like view components, you know, Adam's like <laughs> it's mm-hmm. all his view components live in one directory, a flat, mm-hmm. you know, directory. I would mm-hmm. do that for as long as I need to do it. And mm-hmm. then I would create folders for them if I needed folders. Sure. So and that I would mean, be that not necessarily that way and this might just be like a thing where like i need to do something i mean partly that way right yeah yeah but like when i think about a laravel app oh okay i think i know where you're going the way i know how a laravel app is organized is i go look at the routes file and i see what controllers there are and route groups and stuff and then i like go dig in and i like start looking around in those controllers and i see oh like this is using oh like look it looks like this is hitting this model with this scope on it you know and so that's where i like learn about that scope that's very commonly used throughout the app you know like the is admin scope or whatever yeah um and like that's where i sort of learn the conventions of the app is like in the controllers you know so yeah if you're gonna lay out an app and you just have routes like route live or what is it route wire or route live route live wire yeah if it's just a whole routes file of route live wire yeah like you don't have controllers anymore yeah does it get harder to know what this app is or i don't do think, think so i would think it, it would get easier really i would yeah it's sort of like uh <laughs> that sounds like something the creator of Livewire would say <laughs> So you can follow the strings the same way as like normal controllers because if you're mm-hmm. using that route syntax, route, colon, live wire, you know, and then the route and then the component. So then you could go right to the component and you have the whole template so you can look at the blade template. And if there's li- at live wire components nested, it's just like blade includes. You just follow the blade includes. And for the logic, it's all laid out in that PHP file. So it's not like data is spread across multiple controllers that's the nice part is that there's no real concept of crud necessarily 
Mm-hmm. It's just like there's no need for all that busyness about like, do we use REST or GraphQL or CRUD or, or like, what do we use for, you know, that interface, that AJAX interface layer? And that doesn't exist anymore because now the front end just can access back end logic. So they're like nice little units of logic. So if it was like the user's page, you'd find like the user's live wire component. And then you would just see like all the methods. It would be like create user, edit user, add, you know, save user, whatever, toggle user modal, and then maybe nested components like user info. And then you would hop over to that component and look at that logic if you needed to. And then the tests would reference, you know, live wire components and you could just look at them there. Interesting. So yeah, it's a coincidence that uh, the creator of Livewire thinks it's a non-problem. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm interested to see because Caleb, you and I know someone's going to write a production app with this. Someone, be either me or you. We don't. We don't. <laughs> so, we don't know who it's going to be who writes a production app with this. That's the. I want to see that production app. The weird thing is, how do you get? a project that's in alpha and get it into get it used in production you have to have people willing to you have to have people writing apps that like aren't mission critical personal projects personal projects and that's yeah i don't want to say it's a struggle because there are a few people that are using it in personal projects but um look at jigsaw i think jigsaw is a perfect example of how you do it right like Jigsaw was kind of like this like weird hacked together project and then people started adding it to their sites, you know, like because every developer has a site, you know, so people just were like, all right, I'll try Jigsaw. Cool. Why not? Right. Seems like a fun thing to do for a weekend. And then I get to write a blog post about how I transitioned to Jigsaw, you know, and then I've got it creates content too, you know, I think that's it, right? It's like people will start transitioning things to live wire just to say they did it yep you know just so they've got some familiarity with it and they've tried it and they'll get to write a cool blog post about it yep tell their friends that about would it, be cool tweet about it yep um i feel like if you uh i feel like you should make a, a direct promise to the audience that you'll sing a song for every person who uh <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> We know how that works out. Guerrilla marketing. Guerrilla marketing. Uh we got so many reviews. We did. Songs. Yeah, that was Mostly a that was a good uh that was, that was one of our best guerrilla moments. It really was. That was a good move. We mm. yeah, we just did that. Like uh I I thought about that the other day. It's like it's that question like that like how, how to be a good marketer. Ask yourself the question mm-hmm. What could I actually do right now that would guarantee success for this thing, even mm-hmm. if it's not scalable or super mm-hmm. hard or embarrassing or costs a lot or whatever? Yeah. There is yeah. a way. I was thinking about that with the sticker contest last year. And I'm like, okay, I want to do this thing, but I don't want it to suck and I don't want nobody to use it. So I'll say first 50 people, I'll mail you a sticker and guaranteed 50 people, you know. What do you got, Deagle? You're so excited. He's so excited. Give it to me. Sticker contest, you say? Yeah. 
We've been, uh, we talked last week on our podcast about stickers and graffiti and U.S. Postal Service labels and yeah. how we should do our stickers on U.S. Postal Service labels. Oh, right. <laughs> I've been thinking. Okay. You and I both know that the easy way to do this would be to order some stickers from Sticker Mule. Yeah. Which we'll probably do anyway. <laughs> but on top of that, the coolest way to do this would be in my mind to order 500 u.s postal service labels (laughs) to create two rubber stamps one which is the green yellow and purple segments of our logo um and then to create to like create a sponge that has a section for each of those yeah and to stamp the sponge stamp the colors and then make another stamp that is the black outlines of our logo stamp the black stamp it on top of the colors on That's a u.s postal service thing. manual like like uh one color and it would printing. only take once you got this once you got the <laughs> stamp and the ink well made yeah that then it would be quick then you could just make so many stickers that'd be sweet and I was like, how do you make a... So the inkwell you just make by cutting up sponges. Like, that's easy. (laughs) So how do you make good stamps? Alibaba. And the 40 Thieves? (laughs) You know Alibaba? Like the... Yeah. The site, like, we just... Can you order custom stamps on there? Dude, you could order... There's nothing you can't order on there. But can you order it in time to have stickers at Laracon? Probably. They're notoriously slow with the shipping. You know, I worked at a uh, Christian Boy Scouts organization, and I was in charge of the warehouse, and I designed some pins, and I, I that was my first experience with Alibaba, and it's legit. You can send them, like, a digital file of the shape of your pin, and they'll, like, create a cast, and you specify, like, the materials you want, and they'll wow. ship you, like, pins but i'm i'm looking That's into cool. it i'm i've been spending my days designing stickers to be honest Eagle. really yeah and i'm pretty much finished. our stickers or live wire stickers uh other neither. stickers <laughs> so my idea is i had Mysterious this inspiration in the adirondacks this weekend um i think live wire is going to be sticker wear what's that sticker wear what, what like postcard wear? Like postcard wear. It's going to be sticker uh-huh. wear. Like, I would love to make some money on it. That would be great. And so I think, but like, there's this part of me that's like, I mean, I would hate to ruin the popularity of Livewire by like asking for $10 or something or $100 for people to use it. Uh-huh. So I thought, what if I actually gave people a reason to give me money? Like, what if I did By hard work cool and stickers. gave them something for their like money? Like the West Boss model. What's that? The West Boss the model. The West Boss model. You still sticker packs. Yeah, exactly. Just like West Boss. So I've been designing. I wrote down, like, all these ideas over the weekend and sketched them all out. That's so and then I've been working on them. Um, okay, so I'll flash them to you so that you can give your reaction for the... But I won't describe them. The viewer. Do not describe them. Please. Okay, so... Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So I got like, what's this? Four, eight, 12 stickers planned. 
and uh that middle left one is ballsy what's that oh i know right oh <laughs> dude the bottom the bottom that one this one yeah yeah that's good right <laughs> so this one i was working on today i actually wrote a little tutorial that's so good on that of course that one. Oh my gosh this originally good. had agile like words all over it like uh-huh. burn down story points t-shirt sizes fibonacci that's funny i like this one a lot i'm a fan that one's very good i like this one too that's very uh aaron draplin right yep definitely thick lines Uh and then yeah so (laughs) nah yeah so i've been spending a lot of freaking time working on these freaking stickers but Mm. yep but anyway um i really want so I didn't go the Alibaba route. I went, how do you make a custom thing? You get a laser cutter. <laughs> yeah. How much is a laser cutter? Too much money. <laughs> Not going to buy a laser cutter. 3D okay. printer. So, someone in this town owns a laser printer. Oh, nice. How this do I get like access to a laser sucker. printer? Or the solder thread. Yeah, this is like the solder, the solder, solder braid, braid. Whatever. So I found a group called Asheville Makers, and it is a hackerspace that exists here. And for not that much money, you can be a member of this hackerspace and have access to a laser cutter. And with that laser cutter, you can make a rubber stamp. And with that rubber stamp and the help of the U.S. Postal Service, you can make hundreds, if not thousands, of stickers. Dude. So I have to go to Are you a doing meeting it? next week. I have to go to a meeting next week to join the to join the <laughs> makerspace. Sweet. But... Once I do that and I order some labels from the U.S. Postal Service, I'm really going to try, really, really going to try to have stamped stickers. And if I can't do it with a laser cutter, I'll do it the old-fashioned way with with linoleum carving tools. Okay. Uh, Wow. Which is the old-fashioned way of making stamps. Ah, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 right. Where, like, you print print it on transfer paper and then you transfer it to linoleum and then you carve it with the tools. Right. But it's not going to look as crisp as if we do it right, with, the, right. with the laser cutter. So anyway, all I'm saying is let's get it. Sweet. So in the graffiti community on YouTube, which I like a lot, there is a whole thing of graffiti YouTubers sending each other sticker packs hmm. where they like do a bunch of stickers. They just like doodle a bunch and they're all postal labels. Mm basically and they send them to each other oh, and tag then around town you yeah but then you get like a sticker from all of the packs that someone sent to you and then you accumulate that into a pack and then send it off cool. so like stickers from all over the world get everywhere because like if 10 people send me a pack and then i stick one of each of their stickers in a pack and then send it somewhere else yeah like it's this cool thing sweet yeah i dig I dig, I dig. This is great. Sweet. We got to make a lot of cool stickers. Yeah. I basically, I think I'm going to switch careers. To be a, I think that's what Wes Boss is trying to do. Really? I think he's trying to get out the game. I think he's trying to do sticker-based lifestyle. Oh. <laughs> I, I, does he design all his stickers? I don't know who designs them. I don't think he does. I'd be surprised hmm. if he did. Maybe he does. Who knows? He might. Um, but yeah, there's this, like, I've always done design. I worked as a designer for a bit 
but uh, I've always been like half design, half development until I mm-hmm. like got a real like salary job developing and then just developed. But yep. I would love to be a designer. I'm yeah. I I've thought that many times. In another life, I'm a I'm a designer and yeah. It's I mean it's just as much fun. It's, it's the same amount to, of fun. It's hard to replace your salary. Yeah, right. I yeah, mean, definitely. Right now you don't you're just making mentoring money. So right. you could uh mentor and design and then replace your old salary right. that way. Right. But um yeah, it's hard to if you get accustomed to making developer money. That's it's hard, it's hard to, to do anything but develop when you get accustomed to developer yeah. money. <laughs> like nothing, there's nothing that anyone. Oh yes, yeah, no, yeah. yeah it's, it's hard. It's the uh, the golden handcuffs, but it's great, and it I adore is. that too. Or as Adam so. calls it, the golden bird cage. Does he? Uh, or gilded bird cage? That's what he says. Oh really? It's yeah. funny. Yeah. All right. Well, good podcast. Good podcast, Caleb. I like it. Watch the space, sticker fiends. Yeah. Yeah, it's happening. I got to figure out the right way to do it. But And unfortunately, like I can't order these things on Sticker Mule because it's going to cost me a fortune. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go the Ali, Alibaba route. Like West Boss buys his on Alibaba, I think. I don't know where he buys mm. them, but he does. They're good quality. I don't think they're good quality. That's the problem. You I like hate his stickers. stickers. Oh, I love them. Really? They're thin. Yeah. They're not vinyl. You know what you could also do? I have, which is I have proof that his stickers G-move. suck. The quality. I'm sorry, West Boss. West Boss is a, a devout listener to the podcast. Some of You're them are huge, great. Huge fan. But um, some of them, you know like his the LaCroix sticker, best... is completely uh-huh. peeled on the back of my laptop, mm. like the cover of mm. it. So anyway. There's, you know what the best sticker is? Be nice, do good. On my laptop? No, the best one that hasn't hasn't peeled hasn't literally completely untouched as though time had just passed it by i don't know the be union be gone sticker that you gave oh, me really? in my wedding card yeah it nice. is literally like unscuffable sweet you know it's they take pride like in their labor s- yeah yep good deal it's a good one <laughs> that's funny is there a sticker makers union there's not we're starting one it's like the pixel workers union but for stickers yeah stickers i think i yeah that that's really what i should switch to career-wise yeah, we should make a dev stickers production house yeah i've thought about it only devs you have to you authenticate with github dude you can't order stickers unless you auth with github definitely can we make it with Livewire? Sure. <laughs> yeah, my latest thing is like I want I my current vision for myself is like yeah. I was in this store in the Adirondacks. As I was on in Lake Placid and I walked into this like shop. It's like a gift shop type thing. And it was this woman who's on a Mac like on an iMac at right. the counter and right. you could tell like all this stuff's hand designed by her and she's good and stickers mm-hmm. and card like greeting cards and posters and she's got a bunch of other stuff and stuff that's not hers and like cool like there was like a stack of field notes you know like that kind of store yep. it was great yep. it was beautiful and i'm in there and i sure. like it was so inspiring i was just soaking it in and that's what i want i want a shop that people can walk into and just like 
be absorbed in all my creations. And be unfortunately, there's not uh, that many Laravel developers in Hamburg, New York, a suburb of Buffalo. So um, like I'm thinking like CalebPorzer.com, I want it to be like a hub for me. Like you come in mm-hmm. and you feel like you're in a web app. Like there's the blog, but then there's like stickers, there's open source projects, there's conference talks, there's posters. I got a bunch of ideas for posters and whatever. Like there's the sticker contest, there's everything. And it's like you come in and it's all authenticated with GitHub. Like you authenticate with GitHub and you have an account and like you put your stuff into Stripe one time and then I have your creds and like you can so anything so i sell you anything i want and you just buy whatever you want and you don't have to like you're not going to a million different places i'm not sending you to teespring and sending you to like uh that whatever that video i'm not remembering gumroad or stuff like that mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just like my app and then if i want to add something to it i'm in a laravel app add a route if i want to like mm-hmm. sort blog posts by most popular add a route deck i make a table called blog posts and i add views every time you view i like write to the database because it's a laravel mm-hmm. app you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyway that's that's been like my mountaintop from the literally from the mountaintop inspiration so you know you know you're a programmer you see people doing a business yeah and you're like man if that person knew how to program i bet they could do that business a lot better yeah um I feel like that is what I want. You know? I want to just do a little business but like just but be a programmer and not have to hire being a programmer. A programmer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? And like I feel like something like that where it's just like making stupid stickers or something like is the type of thing where it's like being a programmer, like you could just get so absorbed in the process and like make it so cool and interesting. Yeah. I just don't know if I would ever get around to selling a sticker, but <laughs> right. But that would be so cool. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 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 yeah that like the rubber stamps. The, I want to make rubber. That's stamps cool. For the world. That is super cool. There needs to be a way. There needs to be something that people can use rubber stamps on. U.S. Postal Service labels. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, no, dude. J- mm. Mm. We, Caleb, we need to make bootleg U.S. Postal Service labels. Like, they look like U.S. <laughs> make Postal a stamp Service labels. That, like, his, stamps the U.S. Postal Service logo on it or something. Oh, my God. No, 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 but you know, you know how the, uh, you know, like, uh, like West Boss's stickers are all like famous logos. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're adapted to say JavaScript stuff on them. Um, we should do a U.S. Postal Service label that like at a distance looks exactly like a U.S. Postal Service label, Mm -hmm. but is actually not that. Let's do it. (laughs) Montana. It was a spray paint company. And they do fake Hello My Name is stickers. Oh, cool. Like the name tags? Yeah, yeah. But they're made out of this stuff that like is impossible to peel off of a mailbox. Like, I almost like really made a sticker, a Hello My Name is sticker. It's a good, it's a good it's idea. It's a classic sticker. Right? Yeah. I, I was going to do some of the branding things. Like I started messing with like, like 
like West Boss does. But mm-hmm. my reason for not was like one, and Hannah said this too, like growing up in the Christian world, like Benders or like the Christian bookstore where mm-hmm. you get the t-shirts that's like, like there's like a Starbucks teacher's t-shirt yeah. looks like or Starbucks. Or like the Jesus is my king Burger King Yeah, shirt. stuff like that. And I always yeah. hated those. Uh-huh. And I still do. And there's this part of me that's like, it just feels like that's somehow similar, uh-huh. even though like what, Christian what, rock, it's just Christian rock. Right. It's Christian rock. And because devel- it doesn't actually feel that way, like the Christian t-shirts feel, mm-hmm. but, uh, and West boss got screwed on that Patagonia one. He did that. He oh, made- did he? Yeah. He, uh, they contacted him, um, I forget what happened. It cost him a bunch of money. I think he had to really ship out a whole new thing or he, or he just, he had like boxes and boxes and boxes that he just were just like went to waste. I don't know. I forget well, the details, I mean, but I'm proud to trademarks. say I have it on my laptop because I got to, it I also first, have it on my laptop. So nice early adopters. Nice. All right, D Cole, I got to go to bed. Me too. Good podcast. D Cole. Good podcast, sir. Hitting, stop, now, cueing, outro music, now. 